Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Rug Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Rug Up Buttercup. Today's episode is brought to you by Pillar Deployment Retreat. We all know that deployment is tough, but it can also be a time of growth. That's the driving mission behind Pillar, the totally free digital retreat for deployment countdowns. It's three days of online community, inspiring speakers, and nonstop giveaways happening this November designed to set you up for deployment countdown success, all from the comfort of your own home. If you're not part of the Pillar community, grab your completely free ticket for this year's Pillar Retreat at PillarDeploymentRetreat.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Ruck Up Buttercup. We are here as a girl chat. It's been a little while since the three of us have all been on here, so it's exciting to talk to you guys. If you're not aware, September is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's the month where there's a lot more content that is going out to kind of help people and and encourage people to make sure that they are checking in on themselves and getting help if they need mental health help. We do have a lot of resources on previous podcasts that we've talked about, and I'm sure we'll get mentioned today as well. So if you're looking for something very specific coming into this episode, make sure that you look in the show notes and or check some of our older episodes where we've talked to professionals in the area about this. But we wanted to kind of chat today because we're all three going through um, some different changes that the military has thrown our way that are not super fun. They're always a little bit more stressful times. So we are all also working on our mental health. So who wants to tell what they're going on in their lives right now? I mean, I'll go first. I mean, over the podcast, we've talked about various different things, but with all the rapid deployments that have happened and my husband's transitioned into a new job, which won't be a very, like he's in a new position, but we don't know how long he's going to be in this position. You know, it could just be a couple months. It could be a year. It all just kind of depends on everything. So it's kind of, we're kind of like stuck in limbo too. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where like, we're here right now through the end of the year, maybe the first couple months of the beginning of the year. And then Jeremy could be completely changing his MOS and moving over to a whole different atmosphere of the army that I'm not a part of or know very much about. That could be fun. Yeah, it feels like a lot of uncertain, like uncertainty. I like to be able to have control. So like not knowing like where that looks like in the next few months is hard. I just hope we stay here at Bragg. <laughs> I don't want to move. <laughs> I mean, we will we know, I mean, if we move, we would go to either we'd stay here, go to Benning, or go to Carson. So I mean, not bad locations, but like honestly, like. I would just rather stay here for the remaining. I mean, Jeremy only has five more years until he hits 20. And I'm just like, can we just, if we're not going to go somewhere cool, like Germany or somewhere else in Europe, I really don't want to move. That's how my husband did. We were at Benning for almost 10 years. And then all of a sudden he changed jobs and we started moving all over the place. It was definitely an adjustment, (laughs) but I had to think to my myself too that I was blessed to be able to stay in one place for so long yeah well I'm hoping we say it back because the job that he's wanting to take they deploy like 
very frequently. Like they're gone six months, home six months, gone six months, home six months type of thing. So it would just make my life a lot easier. I'm established here. I'm a part of all these different organizations here at Bragg. You know, we have a good network of friends. My my parents, my in-laws are really close by. So if I need help while he's gone, I have that. If I move to Benning, it's still close enough to my in-laws that it's not too bad. But like if I go to Carson, I'm on my own. I won't have that support if I need someone to come watch the kids for X, Y, and Z. And that just doesn't sound fun to me. It stresses me out. So I'm like, just let's please stay here. How many spouses go through that though? They move and they have nobody. They have nothing. So it's so hard to get through that process no matter where you go. I think even if you moved closer to like bending here, I think you'd still have a hard time transitioning into this area, even though you're still a little closer. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a hard transition, especially now that we have school age kids. I think that also makes a big difference because you're having to look at schools and how that fits. And also your kids get it. Like this is our first like huge, huge move that my kids are old enough where they're like, I, I don't really want to do this. I don't at first. I mean, they've kind of come around to it now because the more we talk about it, the more they're realizing it's not that big of a deal. It's going to be kind of fun for us all. But yeah, moves suck when you have older kids because they get it and they have opinions about it and you have to be able to listen to like how they're feeling about the situation too versus just what you guys are going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, moving moving's exciting, but I think where we're at, I, I enjoyed moving and I, but I think that's just because like I grew up military and that's just all I've known is I've, I've known that, you know, every so many few years, we're going to go and explore a new location. I just want to stay here because he's going to, he's done at 20. Like he's not going past 20. He's done. And we're going to stay here in North Carolina. So like, to me, I'm just like, I'd rather just stay here knowing that he will be deploying a bunch that it's one of those things where I'm just like, I wish we could stay here. We're at the very end of it type of thing, but feeling lonely. I understand. I mean, going to Alaska was not fun. No support having a little baby. But I don't know. You have to make the best of it. I mean, I'm, I've always I've always done that. Like you want to make the best of your move, like get out and explore the, the area that you are in. If you don't do it, then it's not going to be fun at all. So that yeah, would be the only I fun think, thing about moving is getting to see something new. I think with the big moves, it is that it's not just seeing things, but to help your mental health, you have to find someone who you can vent to, who you are close mm-hmm. enough. So you're going to have to get out and make friends because otherwise you're going to be stuck in, you know, a different apartment and a different country, a different state. And that becomes really lonely. And when, you know, we're talking about mental health, that's where a lot of people I think hit where they're very anxious or they're very depressed because they don't try hard enough to try to even get themselves out of that state because it's easy. It's easy to stay home. It's easy to watch your favorite show and listen to a podcast, you know, whatever that is, but you have to really kind of force yourself into some sort of social setting, whether that's church, whether that's your kid's school volunteering, something to meet people, because otherwise you are, you're going to get lonely. And that, that only leads to bad mental health anyways. Well, and like utilize those events that are easy for you to retreat. If you show up and you're like, oh yeah, this is not me. So go find those events. Go see if you can meet someone. It's funny. I was talking to this off the other day and she was saying like, you know, I'm really glad that I told myself to come out to this coffee meetup. I really needed to meet people. I really needed to get out. And worst case, I could come and like just stay 15 minutes and then just be like, okay, guys, like I have to leave. There's a way to like exit out of that situation if it's not your vibe or if the people that you're meeting are not your vibe. 
And that's kind of what's really great about military communities are you should be able to find those kind of connections. Those mom, if you have kids, like go to the mom play groups that people post all the time and meetups and see if you can find your person or your tribe, but know that you're not going to mesh with everybody. And so that it's okay to not keep those connections. But once you make a connection, you have to do the work to keep that friendship going. I feel like a lot of spouses tend to let people, they don't work as hard at keeping friendship as I think potentially should. Too, I feel like everybody tries to keep up with everybody on mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram versus actually reaching out and yep. keeping friendships. I agree. And I, I should be taking my own advice. Like I'm one of the worst people. Like I tend to like get in the zone and I'm doing all the things that I, I do with my volunteer stuff, my work, my kids, that then I'll be like, oh, it's been like two weeks since I've talked to this person. Like, let me like text them or call them or say, hey, like, let's meet up. And and I know that there are other moms that do it. Like, we're all busy. But if you want a friend of friendship or a connection to keep going, you have to keep that connection. I mean, I know like a couple of my friends, like anytime our husbands are gone, we do dinners together. Like we may not see each other as often as we do, like when they're gone. But we know that like they're still there and we still talk to each other during the time. But when they're gone, we're like, okay, like we're doing this person's house tonight. We're doing this person's house this night. And it works out really great because then we have that group of friends where like one person's cooking. So it's not like just on you. And then the kids have people they can connect with. And it's just something to look forward to. Cause I always look forward, like, oh, you're going to the week, you're going to the field for a week and a half cool. Like I know I'm going to get to have like girls nights or I know I'm going to get to have extra time with so-and-so and so-and-so. And so, so, you know, you could create those type of traditions. I don't know if that would be considered a tradition. It's a tradition in my household because it happens every time he's gone where you are having those special events when your significant other is gone for training or deployment. Yeah, I think I made some of my best friends on every time we have a deployment because I do have that extra time to be social that I don't, you know, I usually spend nights on the couch watching silly shows with my husband. Suddenly he's gone and I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get a babysitter and go out because I I don't have anybody here. My best friend's not here to hang out with. So I'm going to go hang out with some of my friends. And it does help make a lot of friends that way. I think that's where you make some of your best friends. Um, I know, Kim, you have that coming up soon, another big separation. So I'm sure you'll lean on your deployed love family. Yeah, I feel like when, you know, our spouse is gone, that that's when we're a little more vulnerable too. So we open up to those people that are closest to us Mm -hmm. more and build those deeper connections. So it's not something that you may not necessarily get when your home, your husband's home or your, your, your wife is home because you give that to them. So having that time to with somebody is, is, I don't know. I feel like I did that with one of the girls here. And when she left, it was, it was really hard, even more. So I felt like than my spouse leaving because I'm like, I've confided in her about everything. And so like, I know my husband's coming back, but like our friendship, I don't know when I will see her again, especially because she moved so far away. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice to have those different relationships with people and it's good for us it's Mm -hmm. you know what that season yeah I think also like having those friendships and you I I have to agree with Sabrina like some of my best friends are some of my closest friends 
were made during deployments. Like, you know, my relationship with my friend Courtney here, like we never hung out before deployment. Like I probably saw her twice in passing before deployment. Her kids call me Aunt Ashley now. Like it's, it's one of those things where we became really good friends during the rapid deployment, the first one. And then now it's just like, you know, we do all the holidays together. If we're here and we didn't go home or things like that. So it's really cool. I think it's also a great opportunity during times when your significant other has gone for whatever reason is to take care of yourself. You know, it's a big change. So it's a great time. I I tend to do this where like, you know, like, okay, I know he's leaving. So like, I'm going to make sure I take the time to go work out or I'm going to start eating a different meal plan because at least in my household, my, my husband and my kids are like the worst eaters. So I don't really normally eat really healthy when they're home, but when he's gone, I look forward to it because I'm like, oh, I can try all these recipes that I never get to eat because no one in my family will eat them. And I can eat different things that are healthier for me as well as like do things that are going to make me feel better throughout the deployment. And so um, I think it's a really great opportunity for, you know, if you need something to do is find a new hobby, whether it's working out, eating better or another hobby as, you know, a craft hobby or join a book club or something that's going to make you feel better in that moment. Because we all know that the motions that go through deployments are all over the place. Like I've been a part of deployments where I'm like, eh, like he's gone. Like it's no big deal. And then there's been deployments where I truly felt every morning going, I really hope I don't get a call today because my husband was a KIA. Everyone's every single deployment is different. So if you have something that can keep you occupied, I mean, even even training, long training, it's like, you know, JRTC and things like that for a month long, like having something that occupies your time truly does help. Yeah, it does. And I think that if you want to feel like you're stable and you're feeling okay you have to have things to do because you're gonna sit and like get in your own head about especially during big deployments where they are in like dangerous places it's really important that you are able to turn off the news and listen to what you're thinking um, and doing things that you enjoy doing so you're not so focused on what you're hearing because a lot of that the news gets the information later than you will most likely if there's anything that's going on So you need to trust in that process and be able to find something that keeps you busy. Because if you sit and just obsess over it, I know I do it. I do it when my husband's gone. I'll literally be looking up the location he's in and looking for news just because what if he just didn't tell me or whatever? I just want to know what's going on in the region. So, but the more that I'm out with my friends, the more that I go and go on walks with my kids or I paint or I read the less I'm obsessing over things. So the less stress I am feeling as well. So like my body isn't in a complete state of like fight or flight because I'm worried about what's going to happen next, where he's at, who, who's near him kind of situation. For me, I just, I volunteer a lot, I think. And then I get so wrapped up in that, that I keep myself constantly busy. And that gives me those social events too, where I'm around other people and I'm not getting worried or waiting for the call or waiting for his call. So the way I deal with that is by volunteering and which is one reason I got involved with Deployed Love and I've made some of my very best friends here, but it can also be a struggle when you do that because then you get involved because you want to make those connections. And as a military spouse, we're looking for that role of what can we do to kind of, I don't know what the right word is, 
like what our purpose is. So we do stuff. And then when people ask us to do something more, we're like, yeah, we can do that. Or the PTO comes to you. You're like, yeah, I can take on that position. And then sometimes I say, okay, I can do things. And then I get overwhelmed because Mm -hmm. then I've asked to do so much that I don't focus on myself. So then you have to bring that back in. And that's hard too, because you worry about that balance of, well, if I take time to myself, am I going to spiral because I'll get depressed because my spouse is gone? Or will you be able to actually relax and heal and process? Yeah, I think that's super important. I think whether you can need to talk to a therapist or Personally, for me, it works really well for me to journal, but I have to sit down and have time where I'm by myself for like an hour and I need to journal about like what's on my mind because then I can look at it on paper and reread it and be like, oh, that's really not that big of a deal. And I, you know, like, and I, or I can work out a way that I can solve the problem a lot easier. I know that a lot of people know, but I was going through, I am still currently going through burnout. Like I really just did overdid it. I had taken on too much stuff. Plus with this huge move that we're moving to Germany and having literally zero control over any of it, it was, I was stressing myself out to the point where I was having anxiety attacks and it became, I needed to be there for myself. I know that, yes, we have tons to do. I mean, you can, you guys can't see because it's the audio, but my house is in shambles. Like right now we've sold probably 60% of our furniture. We are sitting on the floor in some rooms. The kids are sleeping on the floor. Like our life feels so out of control. And I was trying to control and control and control more parts of it that I weren't part of it and it wasn't working. So it it came down to the point where I just needed to be like, whoop, stop, stop. (laughs) I need to like, this is, I need to take some time for myself. This isn't going to work or we are all going to crash. We're going to crash and it's going to be bad. Something bad is going to happen for our family where we're going to be yelling at each other and who knows where that could have led. So I ended up taking it where I'm like, nope, every single morning I go out and drink my coffee in my hammock and I'm going to journal And I need to figure out how that day is going to go before the day even starts or it's not going to go well. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where, you know, with all of the stress, that's how I get my mental health is I really have to intentionally focus on myself. Yeah, you have to like take the time and set what your limitations are or at least be like, okay, I need help. Like know when you're going to need help and and don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I'm listening about like, you know, I've been struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety for four years. My youngest is four and I was really struggling it with, with it this year. And I was just constantly angry. And I was so tired of being angry all the time that finally I was just like, I need to go see my doctor. I went and saw my doctor and we had a great conversation and we have a plan on like what we're going to try and different things like that. And so far it's working and it's great. Like it's, you know, I'm able to focus better and I'm able to control my emotions better. And all because I was like, I need help. Like I've got to stop worrying about like what it's going to do. Like, you know, if I get diagnosed with the diagnosis or whatever, like I need to make sure I take care of myself because you are taking care of so many other people. Like, you know, I mean, if, if I die tomorrow, my husband would be running around like, a chicken with his head cut off. Like he would have no idea what to do. I mean, he would be able to like handle things, but like when things started to pile up, like when the bills are due and like when to go grocery shopping and when to take the kids to other activities, like he would have no idea how to handle all of that on top of his job. And I think it's really important to say that like all of you mamas out there, even if you're not a mom, but even a working spouse in general, you handling the home front 
because your spouse is away for so much, kudos to you. Like just kudos to you because it's it's very different from a civilian sector. Like civilian families don't have to deal with the fact that like I have to do all of this because my husband's not home to do it. Like there's no, they don't deal with that. So like having to do all of those things, it can be overwhelming. I hate grocery shopping and I hate cooking all the time, but I have to do it because I'm the only one that's here to do it for my family. Yeah. It's not single parenting, but it's solo parenting. I mean, it really is. I think Kim, you do that the most out of all of us. You spend so much (laughs) of your time having to deal with everything on your own. And it, like you're saying, the civilian sector doesn't see that. And they, they see you doing that and are like, well, you chose to do that. You chose. So you're not a single mom. Like that was a decision you made. I hate hate when people say that, like, it's not well, a choice. Then, <laughs> yeah, we did choose this. Like, absolutely, we chose this is what's best for our family. You Doesn't know, for those that don't know, my husband lives in one place and I live in another because we're gearing for retirement. But I'm here Monday through Friday by myself, and I still get the kids to scouting. I still get the kids to school. I still now work, which you know, preparing for retirement that's thrown a huge obstacle in my life because I haven't worked in several years. And so going back into the workplace has been really hard for me. People don't understand that my husband is not here. They think that, oh yeah, okay. He doesn't live there. But then like when they ask me to do something or they see me, they don't put two and two together. And so, yeah, he's not deployed right now, which is possibly coming up. So <laughs> that's fun news, but it's, it's definitely hard no matter what your family is going through, you know, whether they are deployed or they're not deployed, you're living separate or, you know, you're gearing for deployment or moving. It's just, it's hard being a military spouse for us right now with Travis getting ready to retire. It's been, we're still it's trying to figure out financially we're trying to figure out if we're gonna stay at Benning now like we don't he's been looking at a really great job and we could be moving to like North Carolina so one of my kids is in high school do we want to move at this time my grandmother's health isn't great I work for my family business like there's so many different things that is piling on top of retirement. So it's been really stressful here for me. And I've had to let go of a lot of stuff too, and tell people I can't do this or I can't do that. And that's hard for me because I'm like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Like if you have the will, you have the way, but right now I don't have the will and I, I definitely can't make the way to do it. So it's been bringing a lot of things to light in this season of life for myself. What are you doing to kind of help with your mental health then? It's been really hitting me like the last three weeks. It's been piling up, but I think with the news of my my husband possibly now deploying (laughs) right at the end of retirement, you know, it doesn't give us that planning of what he's going to do after the military, because then he'll just come home 90 to 60 days before he gets out and then that's it. So I really need to figure out something because I have been more edgy with my children and working with two-year-olds all day has definitely put my mood. (laughs) So I, I got hired as a preschool teacher. So 
that's been fun, but it's exhausting. Like I didn't realize how exhausting it would be. And then to come home and deal with my own children on top of that has been a little more challenging, but you're right. I do. I need to focus on something to make things better for myself. And I should be walking and working out because it's nice to get that fresh air and my heart pumping. And my, I like to think too, when I walk or run, so it just helps me process. Yeah. It's good to get into some sort of self-care. I know that I have like a a tracker that I keep of like the thing, habit tracker kind of thing. And the first one, the first line is always mental health walk. And I like to check because I'm like, I really know that I need to do that. And plus it doesn't help just me. Like this morning, my husband and I both woke up cranky as heck. We were yelling at each other because we were trying to get this couch carried out of the room that someone was buying. And then they were coming sooner than we expected. So everybody was mad. And I was like, well, we're going to the lake. Like we need to go. We all need to go for a walk. If we don't talk the entire time because we're so mad at each other, that's fine. But at least we've all like got our blood going. The kids are out and able to enjoy something and not us yelling at each other. So I was like, this is, this is the time it's 83 degrees outside. Like it is perfect weather. There was not an excuse in the world. So, and we came back and after we ate lunch, everybody was feeling better. So it was like a reset button. I think outside outdoor time is a reset. It's nice that you have that relationship with your husband when you can bounce back from something like that. Travis and I were working on a rental property and he busted a pipe and I was so frustrated because I needed to be somewhere at a certain time and I did not want to be there with him fixing this. And afterwards, like we were both frustrated with each other and he was like, want Dairy Queen? And I was like, do you want Dairy Queen? (laughs) We were like, okay, date night at Dairy Queen. So we were able to kind of bounce back from that. But it was in that moment, it was hard because we were both frustrated and like the stresses of everything was like pinging at each other and not. Absolutely. It's not, it wasn't the, the incident. It was like (laughs) everything that we're trying to deal with. And I know I, like, I tell the kids, they're always asking me questions. I'm like, the more you stress me out and ask me questions about this, that I don't know the answers to that we've gone over. Like, I don't know when we're moving. I don't know when our stuff is getting shipped. I don't know the more I get on edge. And then the more I get on Dustin, because then he's like, I don't know when the paperwork's going to done. I don't know when we're supposed to do this. And so then we're all just getting on edge, super on edge about all that situation. You have to think too, like the kids are also feeling that they're feeding off of our anxiety and fears and what we're going through. So I know like my daughter, she's the biggest one. Like if anything starts going wrong, she gets in a bad mood. She's whining about everything. So it's just, we have to remember too, that they go through their feelings. And Sabrina, I know you're like head on with that right now, you know, having your children process this big move as well. Yeah. It is. And I, you know, we think about your own mental health, but if you have kids, you have to think about how you can help them with that too, because they don't know how to process that kind of information. And you're going to notice the difference. My kids are doing a lot better now. I feel like than we originally, when we first found out about it, because, you know, we just moved a year ago, like why should they have to be uprooted again and restart? And then they've made some friends, just neighborhood friends, like not really anybody that they're as close as they think they are, but they, they see them all the time. And so now they're like, well, what about this person and that person? And I'm like, you will make friends. And we do know that Germany will be, you know, probably the longest place we've ever lived somewhere. So like, 
that's going to be really good for us all in general to just finally find somewhere that we're stable. We're hoping to stay until we retire and just be done. Yeah, it's a big change. And I can't even imagine at 10, like that's, you know, she's getting hormonal and all the things that are going on in her life, her personal self, and then have to have to deal with that is a lot. I mean, I can attest to that. I mean, I hated it. I hated having to move. I now just break it down. Like I went to three different elementary schools. I went to two different middle schools and I went to four different high schools. And those four different high schools was moved every single year. And I hated it. Like it was, it was one of those things like, you know, I swore I was like, you know, I was never going to marry a military man because of it, because I was like, I'm not going to do this to my kids. And, you know, I felt that I missed out, especially my high school years. I felt like I missed out on a lot of things because I didn't have those friend connections that a lot of people have. Like my freshman year was good because I went from middle school to the freshman year. So I had friends my freshman year. My freshman year was great. I mean, each each year was great in its own way. But like, I felt like I missed out on a lot of things. Like I was just there to go to school. I wasn't there to make the school memories. And I played sports, but I decided that my senior year that I wasn't even going to try. I was like, I'm I'm done trying to prove my worth. So I decided not even to play my senior year in high school. And I, and I played, I was just like, I just, I don't want to do it. And I think that that is a con for it. But then like, as an adult, looking back at it, I can also really appreciate everything that it did for me. I got to see some places that I would have never got to see if we hadn't moved. Some of my very best friends till this day are who I met during some of those moves and I would have never met my husband. So I can sympathize with like that. It really sucks and it really moves, but in the long run, like it sucked at the time, but looking back at it, it's a small scale. Like I'm glad that it kind of went that way because I got to do so much that I would have not got to do. It's one of those things that I really hated it as a kid, but as an adult, it was small scale. Small scale, like not a big deal. I mean, that's all it opened, in middle it opened school, other high school, the puberty time. We just, we, everything is so blown up. I mean, I was in my fields. Yeah. I mean, I was in my fields. I was upset that I was having to move again and start all over. And it really sucked. I, it really did open so many doors for me, even as an adult. Like I, you know, I take everything that I learned from those different places and I'm the norm. Like, I don't feel like this happens as often. Um, you know, we just happened to be like my high school years just happened to be in the middle of like, you know, when my dad had to go to Sergeant Majors Academy and then we went to a base and then unfortunately the base that we went to overseas was closing down. So then we had to move again. So we kind of just got the like raw end of the deal type of thing. You know, my husband grew up military and he hadn't moved since middle school. So he got to go from middle school to high school and complete that. So like, I think it's doable and there's a possibility that you may have to move sophomore or junior year, potentially senior year. But I mean, you can always request to have a stabilization for that senior year. One year in a grand scheme of things to be separated from your spouse isn't that big of a deal if you go a year later. You know, you have to just do what's best for your family. What was best for my my family that my parents decided where we were going to move as a family every single year. Now, I don't know if I would do the same thing, but I think it's situational. I think it depends on where we're at in our life and what will come, what will come after that as well. For a teenager though, I think it's different, but for like 
eight, nine, ten years old, it's like literally the end of the world. So, yeah, like I mean, I was there and, and focused. But like when we moved with Madison, like we were at one base for the longest we've ever been other than Benning. And she made like her sister Girl Scouts. And when we left, it literally crushed her. I did. She thought her whole world was coming to an end and there was nothing like we could say or do that made her feel any better. So for their little bitty bodies to process this, it's so hard. Um, I remember her telling me when we moved, she got so mad at me. We said goodbye to our Girl Scout family. I was really upset. I started like crying and she looks at me and she's bawling. She's like, you don't have friends. These are my friends. And like, it broke my heart because I'm like, these are my friends. Like, if it wasn't for me, you would have joined. But, you know, they don't, they just don't process it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was there. I mean, I moved from second grade to third grade, I moved twice in my third grade year to do different schools. And then I moved back after I was only there in Benning for one year and moved twice within that year and then moved back to Bragg my fourth grade year. So, I mean, I definitely understand that the, the fields and everything like that, but like as the military kid who went through this in the long run, they're going to be okay. I mean, let them have their fields, but like find ways for them to still connect with their friends the military community is such a small community like it seems like it's big because it's everywhere but you know in the long scheme of things it's really small and there's you're more than likely to see them again um especially if you're an mos that does you know do that constant three years three years three year like rotation but that's also take care of ourselves because when we move where our child's rock where their stability mm-hmm. where they're you know what's going to make everything okay so if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we can't take care of them in the ways that they need so yeah we have to You're get negative through and then we have to take care of our ourselves yeah so Sabrina I feel for you that's all I'm saying is like I know that you are probably going through so much with your two right now. And you guys are getting rid of a lot of your stuff. Like you've had your, both your kids go through their things. And that's a lot. Like, you know, a lot of us do that when we PCS, but like you guys are kind of going to like the extreme of it. Like you guys are really downsizing and you guys, and I think like that's, it's out of their control. Like no matter what age you are being out of control you're going to have some like really major emotions attached to it. You're going to be upset. And if there's any negativity coming from a parent about the move, like the kids are going to pick up on it as well. I mean, I know when we moved to Texas, I was not happy about it, but thankfully like Devin was still, you know, Devin was only nine months old when we moved to Texas and, but I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't happy that I had just got a promotion at work And we got orders to move a year before we were supposed to leave and big changes bring big emotions, but you just have to find the silver lining because you are a part of the military community. And this comes along with being in the military is you will move. Sometimes you'll move more often than others. And sometimes you get really lucky and you get to stay at one location for years and years and years. Having those conversations with the kids, like I think Sabrina's done a really good job with like talking with the kids and getting them on board and stuff about like all the fun things that they're going to do 
And I know that they're old enough now to remember things. So like when they look back, they're not going to remember that they didn't want to go to Germany. Like they're going to look back and they're going to be like, this was like super fun. Cause that's what I do. I don't remember a single time where I was mad. I mean, other than high school, but before high school, I don't remember a single move. Like I remember one move is when we moved to Benny and that was because we lost our cat. Um, that was, and that's the only thing that sticks out. I don't, I, I don't remember being upset that I had to make new friends. Yeah. And I think, and, that, or, that, you know, having to start over. It goes um, back to our coping mechanisms too. I think you're showing your kids how you help yourself get your mental health under control is how they're going to do it. Yes. Um, my kids I know are shadows. So if you're sitting there getting stressed out, chewing your nails off, drinking alcohol, whatever that is, they are watching you. They know. And they're going to be like, oh, well, that's how you feel better about what's going on. And that's not what you want your kids to see. So I think it comes to the importance of like, you know, fill your own cup, but it's also just being a good role model to your kids um, when stressful situations, not even just moves or deployments, just stressful situations, car breaks down. How do you react to that when you're on the side of the highway? Because your kids are going to learn to react that way. And that's where, you know, mental health is so important. And if you don't know how to find a healthy mental health, like a way to cope with things, you need to look into finding a counselor um, it's going to be covered under TRICARE. Most places do take TRICARE and you don't even have to, you can self-refer. So like, if you don't have some way, like where I have journaling and some people have running, like things like that, then you need to find someone who can help you find a way. And it may be that you just take three, three counseling lessons, you know, and you go in and they're able to be like, oh, well, this is where you're stemming from. This is how we can help you figure out how to find yourself in a better place. Yeah. And if you don't feel comfortable going and getting help, at least find a girlfriend or somebody that you can go and have dinner with or have coffee with so that you can get that one-on-one -on -one time with somebody just to be heard, not to really have them give you their opinion because everybody has an opinion. Sometimes Never you may not like them. Sometimes you will. At least you have somebody to hear what you're going through and to be there for you. I think that that's the most important thing. Yeah. And then also like, it's okay to let go of negativity as well. So like, don't surround yourself with um, people who are constantly negative or you're in a negative situation. Like find, find an outlet out of that. Like, you know, if you were working in an environment that is really negative, like try to find something that makes it less horrible or you have to just make the choices best for you. And if that means that you have to like pull back from a friend that's really negative all the time, like I think that's okay to do, but like you need to make sure you still have that support somewhere else. Um, I know that like if I have someone who's consistently negative, a group of friends that are just always causing drama and things like that, like that stresses me out. Like it gives me hives to deal with that. So like I know I tend to like pull away and I notice over the years that I come, become more reclusive. Like I've, you know, I'm not as, you know, I have like a friend here and a friend there and a friend here and there, but I don't have like a large group of friends that like, you know, a lot of other people may have um, just because I don't like dealing with that type of stuff. And so, but I made that choice a while ago that like, I wasn't going to like join anybody who had negative intentions or anything like that throughout the years. I think it's also, like you said, Sabrina, waking up and putting yourself in what kind of day you're going to have. If you wake up and you're not in a good mood and you already know that go take 10 minutes to yourself 
you know, hang a poster up beside your bed, write something inspirational on your mirror, you know, find a quote that really, you know, makes you look back and change what your perspective is for that day or what you need to do. Start off on the right foot, because if you don't, then it's just going to spiral throughout the day. And if something bad happens, try not to focus on it. I had a blowout the other day. That was my first time ever having a blowout. So it was a different, like, I didn't know what was going on. So I kept driving. Like, I was like, okay, I'll just figure out what's going on when I get to where I'm going. That rest of the day just put me in a really bad mood. And then I kind of spiraled out of control that night. Like I was crying and upset because then I didn't have anybody here to help me and had to do this. And now I have to go get a tire and that just adds more to my plate. So try to not focus on what's happening and just focus on that. You're okay. That your family is okay. And that tomorrow is going to be a better day. Yeah. I, I do. It's funny. You see influencers talk about their morning routine and you're kind of a lot of time. You're like, I don't need that. But the more you think about it, like it doesn't have to be what they do, you know, where they get up, they wash their hair, they do their makeup. They do not like, no, no, no. What you need to find something that lets you get a little bit more centered though. It doesn't need to be a whole routine of crazy, but I do think that's one of the biggest things that's helping me with burnout is having a routine where I know that at this time, this time I'm doing what my body needs to be doing in the morning. So we're slowed down. Our pace is slowed down a lot and it's, it, it helps to have a routine, but it doesn't need to be like what the influencers do like that. You, and every time I think of morning routine, I'm thinking like these girls who are like taking 15 vitamins and they're washing their face and they're doing their makeup. And I'm like, that's, that's a whole lot. That's not what I'm doing with my life. So, but it does, the routine helps a lot. Getting up and making a lot of lunches and getting four kids to four different schools. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does make a huge difference, though, but you have to find what works for you. And recognizing it. I think that that was the biggest thing for me is like, Mm -hmm. I knew I was stressed out. But yeah, I know I was stressed, but I didn't realize how much it was until I like actually stopped everything that was going on in my life and sat down for a few days. And I was like, okay, it's way worse than I thought it was. I am not handling things well at all. And it's okay to, to stop doing things. If you can't do it, it's better you do nothing than do everything at like 20% and make you're just gonna make people around you upset and you're just it's not worth doing things if it's burning you out I mean burnout is really serious I didn't know like it's a term that I hear in like the corporate world but then the more I looked into it I'm like nope that's 100% what I'm going through like everything down to the t and so you have to it's something that's going to take a while to recover from I know it will because every time I start to think about working or doing something I'm like I have to be productive. I need to be spending every second of my day doing something productive. If I'm not, then I'm failing. And that, that sucks. So don't, don't get yourself to that point, recognize it before then so that you can figure out how to change things, I think. But yeah, so that's mental health. We're all going through it. You're not alone. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast and you felt like you were going through something that people aren't, trust me, we're all going through some crazy things. Life is crazy. COVID didn't make it any better and is continuing to make it, you know, we don't even know. We don't know what's going on with COVID. I feel like it, it's kind of not there, but then fall is going to come around. And of course, that's going to start making things an issue again, I'm sure. Yeah. So we're all here. We're here again. If you need to reach out, um, you know how to reach out to the podcast or anybody at Deployed Love and find your tribe, 
join us for things and we have the holiday minis coming up so if you are alone for the holidays that's one of the best things that we do for you guys is we like to be able to have free photos and just a time to come to these events where you meet other deployed families you're meeting people in the community who just want to support you so look for your local holiday minis if you have some and hopefully we'll see you there otherwise we'll catch you on the next episode rock up buttercup